going to start this evening. We thank each one for coming. We uh, thank the Lord for being here. Let's stand and turn our hymn books to page 265. Page 265. <clears throat> yes, God is sovereign. He is almighty. He is omniscient. You know what that means? He knows everything. Eternity past. Eternity future. But if it wasn't for him being who he is and his love, we will be without hope. But I'm glad we are not without hope. That's right. Amen. We can uh, allow him to lift us up with his love. 265. I was sick and
what's the greatest thing ever happened to you as a person? Amen. That second birth. Amen. You're born once, you die twice. You're born twice, you die once.
I've never been on an actual battlefield. Hope I don't have to. But I'm saying natural. But in the supernatural. Been on it for a while. <clears throat> but I'm glad I'm on that battlefield and I'm fighting to win. <laughs> we sing songs sometimes. You may lose a battle now and then. But you've already run, won the war. That's right. So uh, let's sing. I'm on the battlefield. Trumpet, listening for the trumpet. Amen. We need to rekindle our excitement and expectation for the Lord. We've got so many distractions in this culture. And uh, if we're not careful, you know, be like that man told my dad one time, there's so much in this world that'll make you run if you take out after it. And it'll just consume you. 
We need to be consumed with the Lord. <laughs> you want to have a special prayer? Need to see. Six plus years senior to me, older than me. Uh, he's his real name is Leonard. Somehow or another, he got the name Winky from years ago, uh, and that's what most people know him by. But we played music together many years. Uh, but he he knows what's right. He's been in some meetings and. Uh, he, I think he claims to know the Lord, but I just want to make sure he does. Yeah. Make sure. Because his dad was the one that told my dad. Right. How can you ever? He was so skeptical, kind of, and critical of people that shouted and, you know, serve God. How can you ever really know? When it comes time for him to go, wow. he was gone just like that. Wow. I don't know how he made it with the Lord. <clears throat> but we've got to make sure while we're still breathing, That's while right. it's time, while it's called now. Yes. And make sure that we're ready to meet the Lord in peace. That's right. Continue to remember Brother Jackie and uh, he, he's uh, still fighting and he's real weak. Uh, supposed to go to a lung specialist pretty soon in the next few days. So continue to remember him in prayer. Continue to remember the Purefoy family. Um, let's see here. Let's remember uh, Ron and Jacqueline. I think they're they're good, but we just need to remember them. Uh, Donna Dance and Jack Dance. Um, Otis Williams. Let's remember all of these. Remember Chris on Hodge too. I talked to him today. Supposed to be going for a plastic surgery tomorrow. Remember that. And uh, let's remember we're missing some others too. All righty. Don't forget to pray for your president and our country. Yes, please, please. Because, like it or not, really what goes on there, what happens there, affects us. It affects our churches, it affects our lives, you know? And then uh, we need to pray for them. <clears throat> pray for the churches that are. Uh, I asked my mom today. I had her on the phone, and uh, she never did cough. Wow! Thank the Lord. <laughs> Some else is bothering her, you know. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's just human, I guess, at that age. But <clears throat> she, I said, "What about the church?" I asked about a certain church where we used to go. You know, we played piano, we sang, now we sang to dinner, and all, you know. I've seen meetings there. Oh my goodness! But there was a time when the Holy Ghost came, and He spoke through a man that come from Selma, Alabama, Brother Odin Johnson, and He told him, "We better get things right, or I'll write Ichabod over that door." Today the church is closed. The glory departed. Let's make sure. 
We fight the battle and don't let it ever happen here. Because people love, the devil would like for people to ride by and say, that used to be. Yeah. That was. That's right. You know? We can't afford to let it happen. No, no, no. And I believe we are fighting the right direction. Yeah. And let's keep going. Amen. God will enable us. Yes. And and I'm glad that he will. Remember these requests. Let's find our place to pray. Amen. That one's dying. I can see it from there. <laughs>
Appreciate the Lord. He is so good to us. Amen. Um, I just ask that as far as the COVID stuff, that we stay um, vigil. You know, we got into a place a few months ago, a couple months ago, where we started getting a little lax. So we didn't know anybody too close. And that's when things started going bad. So please. Please just stay vigil, okay? It's still out there. And when it hits, it hits. Thank the Lord. Some of us probably have got a little bit of immunity right now. But there's some others that may not. And so we, uh, we sure need to be praying. praying. Pray for the schools. Pray for the teachers. Pray for the bus drivers and the administrators. You know, uh, I read an article before coming over to the church today that they sent 25 students home and a teacher or two and all. And so, uh, just don't know. Just don't know. But I appreciate the Lord. He's able to keep us. That doesn't mean we'll necessarily not get sick now. But He will keep us. Amen. And I appreciate the Lord for that. Amen. Teresa, if you would, have us another song. And uh, Brother Caleb, if you would, come receive our offering for us. Be praying also 
we are still planning for um, the revival. Uh, first, I think it starts on the 7th of September with Brother, Brother Johnny Gabbard. So uh, now I, I need to mention to you, it's our revival. Okay. So we're not going to be sending flyers out. And we won't be inviting just everybody. Uh, you know, there's state mandates out there and things going around. And so, uh, you know, we need to limit our, our attendance to about 50 at the max. And so uh, that's what we'll be trying to do. So uh, you might say, well, Brother Jeff, that's kind of selfish. Well, if we get a lot of calls, maybe we'll rotate them in and maybe I can talk them into some different services in between. I don't know. But we'll do something, but uh, we're needing revival. And I appreciate how God's been moving amongst us. And so it seems like I'm just putting a nice wet blanket on everybody here tonight, the way y'all are looking. You know, hard to tell. Some eyes look kind of sharp and so. You know, it's tough judging what's going on with you just by looking at your eyes, you know. So anyway, all right, Brother Caleb. And so the land, if it was cursed, 
Right. And you know, they slow down and look through these windows. I want you to know. So whenever we begin to sing, it may not sound too good. I want you to worship him. Has he paid your bills this week? Has he been on time? Has he healed your body?
crucified on the cross. Woo! That was really the greatest victory. Amen. Ah, when the perfect Lamb of God was slain. Amen. And He shed that blood for you and for me. Amen. Ah, amen. Oh, the people may look at it as the worst uh, defeat, but oh, it was the greatest victory. Amen. And then His resurrection on the third day. Amen. Just sealed the deal. Seal. Thank the Lord. Oh, I thank the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy of our praise. He never fails. He never fails. Never fails. We may fail, but He never fails. Amen. He's got a purpose and a reason for every situation, every test and trial we go through. There is a purpose and a reason for it. Amen. And oh, it doesn't matter if we understand or if we don't understand. What matters is that the Lord gets glory out of it all. Amen. Thank the Lord. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. And He never fails. He never fails. Oh, thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. You're worthy of Jesus. You're worthy. Thank you, Jesus. I ask Brother Todd if he would preach for us here tonight. So here tonight. Come on. Praise God. That's how every church service should start out. Started out a little dead. Somebody stirred it up and there it went. It was pretty great. I was getting a little nervous. Um, I, we had uh, an opportunity to... Whoo, we had an opportunity to go to the lodge today and just talk with people and pass out cookies and just be friendly to people. And um, just let them know that we're there for them, we love them, and we're here for them, and we ain't going nowhere. Uh, we had a lot of great uh, responses, you know, um, to be a, 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 a drug center there. And um, one lady, she, uh, she desires to come Sunday. She said, if I can get away, then I'll be there. So um, I couldn't, I could imagine us, you know, of all the places that we're going and we're preaching at and we're witnessing to, we're handing out food bags. And we're helping all these people. You know, I could, I could imagine us, if we could get these buses going, have about a crowd of 300 here. Right? We might have to be outside. But we've got so many people who, who are willing and want to come. And it's just, been, um, it's just been amazing to be a part of it. And I'm thankful for it. Um, I'm going to preach here from the, um, the book of 1 John. If everyone would, please turn to 1 John. And stand, please. 1 John chapter 5. Thank you. First John chapter 5. I'm going to read a couple verses here, um, starting in verse 13. It says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know 
that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask Him anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desire of Him. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, we love You, God, and we thank You, Lord, for all You've done for us, Lord. We thank You for Your great presence here, God, that we've already felt, God. We thank You for Your Spirit, God. We thank You for Your love and Your grace and Your mercy, Lord. We thank You for all the great things You've done for us, Jesus, God. We thank You for the great sacrifice You've made for us, God. We thank You for the cross. Lord Jesus, please help us here to hear from You, God. Help us to be encouraged by Your Word, God. Help me to speak Your Word and nothing but Your words, Lord Jesus. God, I ask You to touch our hearts, God. Help us, Jesus, in this service to hear from You, Lord. We love You and we pray it all in Your righteous and holy name. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. I'm sorry, my mouth is super dry. And Ryan, this water is super hot. That's okay. Um, that was a perfect song. <laughs> perfect song to sing, you know. Um, Jesus never fails. I want to I wanna preach in a minute about uh, praying and how he, he never fails. Uh, I was thinking, um, James, I don't want to embarrass you, but the very first prayer that I can remember praying, I wasn't even saved. James, you remember, I know. Me and you were in the garage, and uh, we were both... We were both messed up on drugs, and uh, we were just talking to each other. And uh, me and James has known each other for since fourth, fifth grade, or something like that—a long time. And uh, we've always been uh, very close friends. We've done everything together, and we've always been just close to friends. And I'm really thankful that he's here with us. But the, um, the very first prayer I can remember, the very first sincere prayer I can remember praying was we were in that garage, and Bridget, somebody done had invited Bridget to go to church. And uh, I told Bridget, I was like, if you, if she, and she wanted me to come, so I called James. I was like, hey, if I got to go, you got to come with me. Because at that point in my life, you know, I, I needed a friend. I needed, my wife was great, but I needed somebody different. She had no idea. He did. So I needed somebody there with me. And I told Bridget, if anybody tries to talk to me, you just got to get them away from me. Because I was in anxiety and depression, all this other stuff. So um, I remember, though, that night before, me and James, we stayed up and we talked and we talked and we talked about all these different types of things. And, um, you know, I just felt like, man, I know I'm hurting and I know I'm messed up, but so is he. And, you know, out of nowhere, like I said, I wasn't saved. I've never read the Bible. Uh, I've been to church a couple times and stuff like that growing up here. And I said a couple times, um, a good bit, I guess. I don't really remember exactly. I know I didn't get in when I was here. But um, and I remember I was praying. I prayed for James specifically. I was just like, God, you know, we're going to go to church tomorrow. And this is completely crazy considering the condition that me and him was in. I was like, let something at church bar be for him to help him out. Like, he needs this. And um, so we stayed up all night, didn't think about it, and just kept going. And this was one of them kind of like worship center Everybody's got tattooed churches, rock bands on stage type deal. The preacher had no idea, but when he got up there and he started, thank you, Jeff. When he got up there and he started preaching, you know, started getting into it, like the hairs on my neck started to stand up. And I don't, James had goosebumps. We talked about it after, like the stuff we said to each other, like he was saying it behind the pulpit. And I remember, pray, I remember I prayed, you know, for something to help James. And I think it did. I think it really did. It helped me. I don't think it helped him. That was the first time I ever really felt God like reveal himself to me, like, hey, I'm real and I can help you. And it was through this pastor. I don't know what his life was like or anything, but God used him 
um, for me and James. And it was just mind-boggling because he said verbatim some like detailed stuff that we said. I was like, was he in there with us? And that type of thing. So it was the very first prayer that I remember praying and I wasn't even saved. Um, we, we're talking about prayer. I know some of us in here has heard some of my prayers that, uh, my prayers that has been answered. Um, me and Bridget have a book and it's getting fuller and fuller as, uh, as our salvation goes on. Thank God. Um, and, and some of this, um, some of you've heard before and some of you haven't, but in a minute, in a little bit, I'm going to change gears a little bit. But for right now, I just wanted, I want to try to help us, encourage us to pray more, right? To pray for little things, to pray for big things, right? And appreciate even the smallest little things that God does for us. Because it amazes me whenever I pray and I ask God for something and then He does it for me, the exact same thing that I asked for. It's just amazing. It's crazy to me. Uh, and I don't mean like crazy in a bad way. It's just I just asked God for something and He did it. Uh, a lot of people in the world don't quite understand that. I think all of us in here do. Um, so I did, a couple things that, you know, right after I got saved, uh, we had this terrible dog and this dog chewed up everything. Yeah. And this dog chewed up my phone cord. And I, I remember, you know, the Lord knows what we need, have a need of even before we asked for it. But I remember my phone cord was chewed in half and I was just like, ah, oh, please help me, Lord, not to... Hurt this dog, right? I need phone cord. My phone's gone. Everything's done. Boom. So I remember I'm still upset about it all the way to work. When I get to work, uh, the guy I work with hands me a phone cord and says, hey, I bought this this morning. It doesn't fit my phone. Do you want it? And I was just thinking, yes, I do. And I got to tell him about the phone cord and the dog and everything that just happened and the answered prayer. And he had no idea. He didn't even care. He was like, yeah, you can have it. Uh, but, you know, that was something very small, a phone cord. But it helped me get through the day. And it's helped to grow my faith through um, through my whole um, time of uh, of being saved, and and then the, like other small things, like I wear, I wear long sleeve shirts because it's a personal conviction of mine, and um, so uh, I, I worked in these long sleeve shirts, and it was just extremely hot. Um, you know, people come up, hey, are you hot in that? Yeah, I'm hot in that. Are you hot? It's 100 degrees. But I have done a bunch of different tattoos that I believe the Lord wants me to keep covered, so I keep them covered. Um, but one day I was, it was August, and I was looking for long sleeve shirts, which I couldn't find any. Go figure in Georgia in August. And I went to work the next day. You know, the Lord knows what we need. God, I, I need these long sleeve shirts because the ones I was wearing were old and dirty and stinky and had holes torn in them. I was a welder, so they were getting burned up. And I remember I went to the tool place and the guy was always nice and friendly. He ended up being an acquaintance of mine who's helped me in my ministry. And um, he asked me, he's like, hey, man, I got some long sleeve shirts in the back. Um, you think if they'll fit you, do you want them? And I was like, yes, I do. And I got to tell him about, you know, just the other day I'm in the store looking for long sleeve shirts and they don't have any. And now you're giving them to me. And I was like, man, this is just great. And, uh, you know, it, it was another little thing. And then, you know, it, it, as, I, as I thought, you know, the Lord's given me this stuff that I need, I can keep praying. I, I had no idea as a brand new Christian. I didn't really know you could pray for stuff like that. God will give it to you. I had no idea. But, you know, as, as we went on, you know, um, one time we was in Lowe's. We were looking for a microwave. And um, the microwave was like 100 bucks, and I was cheap, and I didn't want to buy a $100 microwave. So I told Bridget, why don't you just go home and pray about it? So Bridget said, okay. So Bridget went home and prayed about it. The very next day, Bridget's daddy calls and says, hey, she sprays bugs. He goes in all kinds of houses. He goes in there and says, hey, this lady's got a microwave. It looks brand new. Do you all need it? So Bridget was like, yes, we do need this microwave, right? Very, it was the very next day, right? We still got the microwave. It's got an issue or two today. We've had it for a couple of years, but we still got it, and I won't get rid of it. Um, and it was, it's just been things like that. Boom, boom, boom. Bridget, if I miss something, let me know. Um, our tires, uh, we, I got a Toyota Highlander and I needed tires. And at this point in time, God's done giving me phone cords and t-shirts. It actually gave me a zero-turn lawnmower from a boss that I prayed for. I prayed, I need, I need a zero-turn to cut my grass with. i got five acres. I can't cut it with my regular lawnmower. God, you got to help me. And we went on. I went on trying to get it myself, doing this and that, trying to figure out my own way. Finally, me and Bridget just said, you know what? God will get us this lawnmower. 
And I went to my boss and I said, hey, I haven't had a raise in a year. Uh, you just buy me a lawnmower and we'll call it even. He said, I'm going to buy you the lawnmower and give you the raise. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just things like this over and over. We need a new tires for my um, for the Highlander, right? They were bald, couldn't afford them at the time. And so I went to pray. Me and Bridget went to pray. And we know that at this point in time, God's given us money to, to buy the things that we need, but I didn't want money to buy the tires. I wanted God to give me physical tires. So we prayed for about a month driving the other car. We wasn't driving that one. And Bridget was out spraying and she saw this man taking these tires off of his car, putting on the big fancy tires. The tires were 90, 80, 90% brand new. And Bridget said, hey, what are you going to do with those tires? And he's like, nothing, you want them? So we loaded them up in the back and they fit perfect. And we ran on those for about a year and a half, right? So God is just meeting our needs, meeting our needs. There's countless amount of time that some, some of you don't even know about when me and Bridget's praying for a very specific number amount of money we need for the month or for the week or for a revival or for whatever, you know, sometimes it's $500, sometimes it's $1,000. Within that week, we're praying in our closet. Within that week, somebody slipped it to us in our car. So it's in the mail. It's somewhere has, has, God has given it to us and He uses um, people in the church. He uses all different kinds of people. Um, and that's been countless amount of times over and over. God has done this for me. I'm glad somebody's, um, somebody's here to hear this one. I don't know if they know it. But one day, I, I just got to praying. And, and this was... I, normally, I don't pray for anything like for stuff that I want. Like my desires, my just something I want to have for no reason. No ministry reasons or nothing. I'm a, a gun enthusiast. I like guns. If you don't, I'm sorry. I don't do nothing with them. But shoot them out in the yard and maybe kill a dude. One deer a month, one deer every five years. Um, I like them. The boys like them. We go outside and shoot them. We spend time with each other. But when I got saved, I got rid of a lot of my guns for different types of reasons. And uh, so I was in my closet praying for a very specific gun, a Glock. That's what I wanted. I told the Lord, I was like, I know you can get it for me. Um, I know you can't. I don't know if you will. I hope you will. I know they're $500. I can't afford it. And even if I could, I couldn't spend my money on that because it wouldn't be good for me to do that. There's all kinds of things I could spend it on. And within about two weeks, I was holding this brand new Glock, right? And um, as I was holding it, the Lord reminded me, you prayed for that. And I was just, it just I was like, what? And like a, a, a flood went through me. I was like, yeah, I, pr- I remember praying exactly for this, exactly for this Glock, right? And I'm holding it in my lap. And it's just been time after time. What, am I missing something? Missing a good one? No, I don't know. I don't remember. There's been so many. Um, but those are the ones that you know kind of stick out to me in my mind. There's just been so many different other ones. I remember me and my brother. I'm sorry, I'm getting carried away. Me and my brother were, were talking about once saved, always saved. He believes that I don't. We talked for several hours. Bridget got angry. It was uh, a big ordeal. But, you know, I couldn't convince him with my own words and with Scripture. It's just hard to do. So I went to pray, and I was just like, Lord, there's nothing. I've said what I can say. There's no, we didn't argue about it, but there's nothing I can say to him. There's nothing I can do, God, but I know that you can just open his eyes. And I'm telling you, about a month later, he calls me and said, hey, man, it's like the Lord just opened my eyes. He's like, and showed me this and showed me that. And I was just like, well, yeah, that's great. I didn't say anything about the prayer or nothing. I didn't want to, you know, seem like, oh, that was me. But, you know, it was all God. And all this is all the Lord. And I could go on and on if I could remember um, all of our answered prayer requests. But um, I'm, I'm thankful that God answers our prayers and that He knows what we need. And, and He provides for us. It's been This August has been two years since I quit my job. I uh, made pretty decent money considering a, a high school dropout. I got a family of six. was making really good money. And the Lord called me one day right here to quit my job and to do full-time ministry. So I put in my two weeks that Monday and He's provided ever since. I haven't missed a dime. I haven't missed a dime. And a matter of fact, Somehow we're better off now than we was when I was making all that money. It's just been a great, um, the Lord's been good. But um, some of my favorite verses here about prayer, uh, Philippians 4 and 6 says, Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Don't be anxious about this. But in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. 
That's one of my favorites. I got several favorites. Um, John 15 and 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Do you believe that? I believe it. I'm a believer. He's made me a believer. Um, Mark 11 and 24 says, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, right? That's whatsoever things you want, you crave, you want to have, you desire. Um, when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall have them. I believe that. Um, Luke 9 and 11, 11 and 9 says, I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you shall find, knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Uh, I desperately wanted to get into this, uh, this uh, new beginnings in Christ. It was a rehab facility. I wanted to get in there and preach. My kind of people, all different types of life, all different types of um, drugs. Some mandated to be there. Some volunteered to go there. And uh, we prayed about it here for a long time to help us to get in there because we had a man who was there and I wanted to go there. And so we began praying. And then I got this, my other friend, she, uh, she helps me get in the jails. I got her to help me pray. And so we were all praying for me, to, for this door, knocking on this door to get in the new beginning so we can, we can get in there and preach and, and share the gospel and, and, the, and the true gospel and, and, and all that great stuff. And uh, so the way I got in there was uh, Miss Riggs was uh, going through an old prayer box. She had. I don't know if you've ever been to Miss Riggs' house. I love her to death, but she got a lot of stuff. So she was finding some stuff, and she went, and she had this old prayer box, and she was going through it. She said she hadn't opened up this prayer box in eight years, and she was going through these cards. And when she put it up, she said she felt the Lord say, go back in there and get this card out. So she went in there, and she picked this card out. It was a man named, named Paul. And she said, hmm, I haven't heard from Paul in eight years. I wonder what he's doing. So Miss Riggs called Paul, and Paul on the other line was somewhat speechless and didn't have a lot to say. And he's like, Miss Kathy, I, you're not going to believe this when I tell you, but I'm holding a card in my hand with your name on it, wondering how you've been doing. And, and then Miss Kathy found out what he's doing. He runs a, a couple of days at New Beginnings. Miss Kathy tells him about me. The next two, two weeks later, I'm in there preaching. So I get to go about every four months. So God can open up these doors, you know, just by us praying and believing, right? Um, James, it says, you have not. Because you've asked not, right? You have not. You're lacking. You have needs. And you're, they're not being fulfilled because you're not making your requests known unto God like there in, in, first, in Philippians 4 and 6. Uh, you ask, have you ever asked and received not? That's disappointing, right? You ask and you ask and you ask, but you receive not, right? You, you, sometimes you want to know why and you don't quite get it. But the Bible says you ask not because you have not. You ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. Um, and, and, and that it may consume us upon our lust. Now, when we ask a miss, I know I'm going to bring Maddox up here. Um, if he's asking for Lamborghinis and, and all these different types of stuff and big sacks of money, you're probably not getting it, right? So you're going, you're at, God, I'm asking for these things. I believe you're going to give me a big sack of money, but I'm not getting them, right? You're asking a miss. You're not asking there in the will of God. Now, I'm not saying you have desires that he won't give them to you because he will. But if you ask a miss, chances are you're not getting Lamborghinis and sacks of money. Uh, Maddox came to me and asked me, can I, uh, can I keep my shotgun in my room? No. He asked the father. The father said, no, you cannot keep your shotgun. Well, why not? Well, I just watched you set up a bunch of cans inside the house and knock them down with your BB gun. So you cannot keep your shotgun in your house, in your room, for safety of all of our safety, right? You're mentally not there yet as far as guns go. Smart kid, not there yet for guns, right? The father knows best. Uh, if a son shall ask of bread, of any of you who that is a father, if he shall ask of bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? Or if, or if he asks an egg, will he give him scorpions? You know, the father knows best. So sometimes when we're asking for stuff, right, the father knows best whether we're going to get it or not. And I think if you're asking with the correct motives, you ask and you believe, he will do it. Um, the Bible says that whatsoever things you have need of, 
whatsoever, that's a big, that means whatsoever things you have need of, whatsoever things you desire, right? It's, it's in the Bible. It's King James Version and everything. Um, anything, whatsoever, pray, have faith, believe, and you can receive it, right? I know I'm not trying to um, be, uh, you know, pray, believe, receive, and all this, because I've heard like prosperity gospel preachers preach that, and that's not what I'm preaching here. I'm not preaching any type of prosperity gospel. It's completely different from, from what we believe. And I've had one guy come up to me in the streets, I want to pray for you. And he lays his hands on me, and he's like trying to speak stuff into existence, right? I'm thinking, I don't know what God you're praying for, but none of that got answered, right? My Lord answers my prayers. So none of that is what I'm talking about here. Please know the difference. Not the prosperity gospel, not the faith speaking stuff into existence and all that crazy type of stuff. Um, it just it, it, it's not true, but but this is true. This word of God is true. Um, the Bible says it says, um, it says, "Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great mighty things." Call unto me, I will answer you, and show you great and mighty things. In Psalms it says, "The righteous cry." And the Lord heareth him and delivereth him. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth him. Um, it's the prayer of a righteous man that availeth much. Or woman. Righteous man or woman that availeth much. If you are a, a child of God, better yet. If you're a sanctified child of God, better yet. If you're a Holy Ghost filled, sanctified child of God, you have power in the name of Jesus, right? And it is, uh, it is an amazing thing, right, to use His name by the blood of Jesus Christ, right? We receive this power through His name. I was um, praying again. for I've been praying for something for about two years. And um, one day I'm just thinking, man, I'm not getting it. I don't know why. I'm going to use it for good stuff. I'm just going to keep praying. Literally two years. And I told Bridget, I was like, I'm going to pray for it. And I went in my closet and I started praying. And it just hit me, you know, sign the king's name to it. I'm thinking, okay, I literally, King Jesus. All right, boom. I went out and I told Bridget. I said, Bridget, look for it. I'm telling you right now, it's happening. Look for it. The very next day, Bridget calls me. Bridget calls me. You're never gonna, you're never gonna guess what just happened. You're never gonna get your king signature thing work, right? And this is a, a huge object that the Lord had given us, right? And it's over and over again, right? It's the prayer of a righteous man that availeth much, right? The righteous, the righteous, the righteous. It's 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 not uh, it's not the the unrighteous. I know that. Um, if you're a child of God, Holy Ghost feels sanctified, you know, and you're asking His will and all this great stuff, God can do mighty miracles for you, right? The Bible says you go into your closet uh, and, and you pray to the Father in secret. You shut the door behind you. For some reason, I feel like that's important, right? Your closet, your secret place, somewhere where it's just you and God and you're praying, right? Doesn't have, clothes have to be hanging in there wherever you can get um, your secret place um, and have childlike faith. Uh, I've tried to search for like different scriptures. There are, there are scriptures that talk about having the faith of a child, but as far as like he says, have childlike faith. You know, he does say it, but just in different words. Um, so you go into the closet. You have childlike faith. You are a righteous man, right? You pray. You believe. You go in there believing, right? Children, right? They, um, children, they still like marvel at God's creation. Whenever I, when, if I see the Grand Canyon, I'm gonna say, okay, it's a big hole in the ground. But Noah's gonna be like blown away by how great this is, right? Children. Um, children, um, they, I'm sorry. Children, um, they're trusting, right? Children uh, rely on others to sustain them. Children are are innocent in a way they don't know no better. You know, they're not they're destroyed by the, what the world has done to them. Um, there's still some innocence in my boys when they'll ask me questions, and I'll be like, "Man, you don't know that yet, right?" They're not into the world, right? Especially now that they're not going to school. You know, with childlike faith, they ask questions. They're eager to learn. Um, you can put that kind of trust. You can't put that kind of trust towards 
towards man, but you can definitely put that kind of trust in the Lord. You can trust in Him like that. You can believe in Him. Um, trust in the Lord like that little child, you know, trust in his daddy like he believes in his daddy. He can do anything. He's Superman. He can beat up anybody. He can fix anybody, right? That's how we need to be trusting in the Lord. Now, the Bible says that we are to, um, to have trust in Him and, uh, and believe in God, right? So we say, you know, why worry? Because worry is sin. Uh, why doubt? Because doubt is sin. Uh, why question Him? Because questioning Him is sin. I've been attacked for believing this way. I've been attacked for just believe, praying, believing, having childlike faith, and receiving things. Right? I've had people literally attack me spiritually in that manner. Um, and it makes no sense because it's in the Word of God. It's right here in all these letters. And I just believe, I just believe what this Bible tells me. So I go in there and I pray and I believe and I receive. Sorry for the, the cliche um, rhyming there. But it's the righteous man or the woman that the Lord hears. Um, now some may disagree, probably not in here. Some may see it differently. And I know sometimes it may appear that you know, the, the, the wicked are, are prospering and, and, and in a way they are. But I don't believe that the Lord is, is hearing their prayers when they're asking for things that they want. Even my prayers, even Brother Jeff's prayers, even saved people's prayers can be hindered, right? Much less somebody who's not saved at all. And there, there's so many different things that, hinder our, that hinders our prayers. Um, doubt and disbelief will kill your prayers before they come out of your mouth, right? We, we need to have no doubt and no disbelief. In fact, it, it, it's actually sin and it, it just kills our prayers. Remember, we've got to have childlike faith. Unforgiveness, right? If you have any unforgiveness in your heart, right, your prayers are going to be hindered. He might not hear them all. And in fact, the Bible says if, if you don't forgive, he don't forgive. So we have to have an unforgiveness. And every time I go into my closet, if there's any doubt, if there's anything at all, right, I'm going to get that right first. Because I have to be right with God before he's going to hear my prayers. If you're fighting with your spouse, if you're fighting with your mom and dad, right, your prayers can be hindered. So if our prayers as saints of God can be hindered by different things, how much more is somebody who's not saved? I just don't, I believe there's certain things like when I wasn't saved, you know, God heard that prayer, but that was just to draw me close unto Him. So that was kind of different. Um, uh, disobedience. If, if, if God's telling you to do something, the sanctification, even at that stage in your salvation, and you're not doing it, uh, I remember after I got saved and I was being sanctified, God kept telling me to do this, do this, do this. I got to this point where He told me, you know, tell Bridget everything. And at that time, it was 10 years of everything. We were married at 10 years at that time. This is almost five years ago. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't bring myself to telling her these types of things. She knew nothing. She didn't know I was on meth. She didn't know none of this type of stuff. I hid it from her for that long somehow. And the Lord wanted me to tell her everything. Ten years of uh, everything, right? And I got to a point where I couldn't do it. And every time I would go to pray, uh, the, Lord would, the Lord would deal with me, you know, tell her everything. I couldn't even say the name Jesus and it was tell her everything, tell her everything, right? So my prayers were going nowhere because I was being disobedient to God. He wasn't hearing anything. Now, after I did that, right, uh, five, six, seven months later, when we got through all of it, it seemed like it took that long, right? Uh, um, it was it, God had done great things for my wife yes. and forgiveness, helping her. And also, um, God has been doing great things for me. Unconfessed sin, right? We, we already know that sin separates us from God. So the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. If I regard that iniquity in my heart, He's not going to hear me. Sometimes I think it's just like, oh, I'm not hearing you, that type of thing in my mind. The Lord told Isaiah, go tell Israel, because of your sins, He has turned away from you and will not listen. So He will not listen to you because of your sin. Pride will kill your prayers. Any type of pride is going to kill your prayer. In fact, He's resisting you. He's pushing against you. He doesn't, he doesn't want nothing to do with it. He's not listening. He's not going to answer your prayers. The Lord says, first, you humble yourself. Right? He's not always going to humble you. He says, humble yourself. 
pray, seek my face, seek my presence. Um, I used to think seek my face meant actually his Jesus' face, but I, I then learned it was the presence of God. I'm still, I'm still seeking his face. But uh, turn from your sins, repent from them, then I will hear your prayers. Then I will hear your prayers after you do these types of things. Um, Matthew 6, I'm going to read from Matthew here. Matthew chapter 6, 1 through 13. Um, it says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them, otherwise you have no reward, your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. They that may have glory of men, verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou, do, when thou doest alms, let not the left, not left hand know what the right hand doeth. Um, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speakings. Be ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask Him. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. He gives us this, this prayer to go by. And if you'll read it and study it out, it's a great prayer to go by and to model your prayer after. Um, I, I kind of, um, I pray um, differently, but I, I modeled my prayer after this. And I also modeled my prayer after just listening to others, right? Listening to other people who were, who were godly men and they helped me pray because when I got saved, I knew nothing. Uh, so I kind of pray this way, right? I start, I give thanks, I worship God sometimes. I turn on music and I worship God and I worship God until I feel His presence. Um, and I'll just thank him. I'll just go down the list and thank him for everything he's done for me. And I'll love on him and just I'll woo him. And, I, and that's just that's how I start my prayer. And I think it is a good way to start prayer. Uh, and sometimes I do use music. You don't have to. You shouldn't have to. And then the very first person I pray for is my wife. Because if she's happy, I'm happy. I need her for my ministry. I need her for, to be as blessed and as happy as she can be for me. I try to do everything to try to make her life as easy as possible. Especially in my prayer. Then I pray for my children. Then I pray for Jeff and Teresa. Because they are the pastor and the pastor's wife. They go through so much you probably couldn't even imagine. I start praying for church people. I start going down the list of everybody I can possibly hit. And I hit as many people as I can. And then I'll just sit there and I'll listen. God, I'm missing anybody and believe it or not sometimes i miss people and he'll put those in your mind and you can go through and pray for them i pray for my church family and i pray for lost people um and then again i ask jesus if, is there any situations that i need to be prayed for anything i miss or anything like that i pray for our church services i pray for our sunday school i pray for our outreach ministry i pray for the men and women in the outreach ministry right this is a good example I'm not saying it's the best or nothing like that you can do your own but this is a good example on how we should do our prayers and um and then I meditate on the Lord at the end. Uh, well, first, before I do that, I kind of pray for myself. Pretty good sometimes. Probably need to do that. And I pray for the things I want and stuff like that. Always at the end. Always last. And then I meditate on the Lord. And just if I miss anything, I'll just, I'll just sit there with Him for a minute and, until I feel the need that I can get up. I know we all probably pray slightly different than that, but some pro somewhat probably the same, maybe in a different order or, or what have you. Um, 
But there's more to prayer. And I know I've been talking a lot about getting and getting and getting and receiving. There's more to prayer than just getting stuff, right? It goes far beyond that. Your needs are not just getting money and getting stuff and all this type of stuff, right? You can pray when, when you need help in your body. You can pray when, when, you have, um, when, you have, um, when your friends have needs, right? We can lay our hands and we can pray for that. We can pray when we need peace in our life, right? When the, the, the monsters come into our rooms at night and we can feel it, right? The spirit of fear. We can pray that right on out of there, right? Prayer is, 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 is an essential part of our daily life. And I believe if we're going to have revival, if we're going to have revival in our homes, right? In our churches, in our schools, in our neighborhoods, if we're going to have revival in our country, if we want to see our country turn around, it's going to take the prayers of that righteous man or woman who availeth much. It's going to take prayers in our prayer closets. It's going to take time, right? Not go in there, say a quick prayer, and get on out and start your day. It's going to take time to stay in there and dwell in the presence of God and be with Him and pray for the things that this country needs. Uh, we need to be actually we need to be praying like ever before. And I say that also to myself. I could always pray longer and I could always pray more. I remember one time me and Jamie had this conversation and he he said a specific time. I won't say it. And I was like, I'll try it. And actually, you know, I, I tried it and it was great. And I've kind of fell off from that now because it was a really long time. Good praying. But, um, but, but if the, the more we pray, the more we can get in there with God. You know, uh, I have a family and I, other people have jobs and stuff like that, so I know it's hard. But I believe if we want revival in our countries, in our schools and all this, we're going to have to crack down and really pray. Um, in 1 Timothy um, chapter 2, uh, it says, I exhort thee that first of all, supplication, prayers, intercessions, and giving thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for that are in authority, right? We have to pray, we have to pray for our, our king. We have to pray for our president. We have to pray for those that are in authority. Um, for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life unto all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between man and God, and that is Jesus Christ the righteous, who gave himself a ransom for us all, we testified in due time, whereunto I am ordained to preach, and an apostle, I speak the truth, Paul, I speak the truth in Christ, and lie not, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and verity. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Uh, I want to go back to the first one. I exhort thee, therefore, first of all, supplications, prayer, intercessions. I want to talk about intercessions, prayer of intercessories, whatever you want to call them. Um, that word intercessions, I've looked up several definitions. Uh, I like some of them. Some of them I didn't really quite understand. Maybe it was a worldly definition. But the act of intervening on behalf of another. The prayer of intercessions. Uh, intervene, to come between, to prevent, or to alter um, an event and happening, right? An intercessory prayer is to intervene um, on the behalf of another, right? These are the prayers that we should be praying for others. Um, and we can do that. We can intervene on their behalf and change the situation and make a situation different, right? I do it all the time and I, I dare not say some things that I say and pray and, pray and do because they come true and some of you might hate me. Um, but remember Moses. Um, Moses... He, uh, he, he had this with the Lord and the Israelites. He was going to get rid of them all. And Moses prayed and said, don't do it. Right? And he changed God's mind. In fact, the Bible says that the Lord repented of the evil which he thought to do unto his people because Moses. Because Moses talked to God. Um, Abraham, right? We have Lot. And um, they're going to destroy all Sodom and Gore. And Abraham went and, and saved Lot, right? And then we had the Moabites. Right? But Moabites are pretty cool. Ruth was a Moabitess. And if you look that up, it's all the way in the line of Jesus. It's crazy. Um, 
Um, so uh, the question is, you know, are we interceding on behalf of our loved ones? Are we interceding on behalf of the ones that we would like to see saved? Um, interceding on the ones on the behalf that we would like to see the Lord just move on or do something great for? Uh, Romans eight and thirty four says, "It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also make intercession for us." Man, when you read that, you know that Jesus is making intercessions for us. He's standing there making intercessions between man and God. He is the one mediator between man and God. He is our advocate, right? He is our advocate. Um, he's pleading our case to the Father for us whenever Satan is accusing us. Jesus is saying, I, I, don't, I don't see their sins, Father. I pray they're dead and full. All I see is the blood. That's He's pleading our case, right? He's standing in the middle. Um, as Jesus, well, I mean, I'd call Brother Jeff. I was like, Brother Jeff, do you know when Jesus was hanging on the cross, He said, Father, forgive them for they know what they do. And as they were they're involved in crucifying Him, I was like, Brother Jeff, are they forgiven? And we're like, yeah. They were forgiven. So as Jesus Christ was hanging on the cross, right, He was interceding for us. As they were doing all this terrible stuff for, to Him, He was saying, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He was interceding for us as we was on the cross, and it's our fault that He was up there. I just was sitting there thinking about that for a minute, and I could not believe it. You know, God is on the cross because of the sins that I did, and He's interceding for us as it's all going on. It was amazing. Um, Jesus says this. He says, I'm going to pray to the Father. I'm going to pray to the Father on your behalf, and He's going to send another comforter to abide with you forever, right? I've got to go away. But I don't, it's going to be expedient for you that I go away. I'm going to pray to the Father. He's going to send another comforter. He will abide with you forever. He will never leave you. He says, I will not leave you fatherless. Right? I will not leave you comfortless. It's amazing that Jesus Christ Himself, God, is interceding on our behalf. Uh, Stephen interceded right? whenever he was being stoned to death. He said, lay not that charge on them. Right? As they were pegging Him to death with rocks, he prayed and he said, lay not this charge on them. Right? Um, the love... Uh, what love that they must have for, for the people, right? Even the people who were um, doing ter terrible things to them. Lord, lay not this sin on their charge. What love that was. Oh, man. Bless Sorry, this is taking forever. Yeah. Well, I, got, well, I got a little bit more. Hang on with me. Um, Luke 16. Yes. Everybody want to, I want everybody to get their women so you can follow along. Luke 16. Very familiar. Most people know this. It says, There was a rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus who was laid at the gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dog came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom, and cried and said, Father, Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in torments in these flames. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted, and thou art in torment. Besides all of this, between us and you there is a great goal fixed, so that they that which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Yeah. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would have sent him to my father's house. I have five brethren that he may testify unto, 
lest they also come to this place of torment. And Abraham answers him, basically, I don't mean this in a, a vulgar way, but not a chance in hell. Right? Not a chance in hell. Once you're there, no chances, right? What is he doing? This rich man is in hell. He's in torment. First of all, he wants a drop of water to cool his tongue. And now he's praying for his family. He's praying that Abraham would send somebody to my father's house and tell them that my family not come here. He is in hell and he is interceding for his family now. But it's a little too late. It's a little too late. All the prayers of intercessions, all of the prayers of these people who are going to be in torment from hell will never be heard. And I think they will be praying them for all of eternity until there is no more um, earth. Uh, and, I, I, and it just kind of blew me away that this rich man is in hell and the only thing he wants is a drop of water for somebody to go tell his family not to come to this place. He's interceding and he's in hell. Um, he's praying for someone to fill that gap, right? There's a great gap that's, that's fixed there. Um, so who will fill that gap in, in, in my family's life? Who will fill that gap in your family's lives? Who uh, will that, fill that gap at the lodge, right? There's a great gap there that somebody needs to fill. Those people at the lodge, when I, when I wasn't saved, I had no idea there was a great gap there. I had no idea there was something separating between me and God. It didn't exist to me. I had no idea, right? Somebody has to fill that gap. Um, chances are they do have no idea. But there is a gap, and it's caused by sin. Uh, between uh, the, the Sin causes a gap between your loved ones and God. Sin causes a gap between you and God, and somebody must fill that gap with supplications, with prayers, with crying out unto God on their behalf. Um, if we are not interceding, that gap may become that great gulf. And how terrible, how awful would that be? And I thank God for those ones who are interceding on my behalf. Some of you in here, I know it. And I'm so appreciative of it. And I thank you all. Um, and on my wife's behalf. You know, whatever it takes, God, save Todd. Whatever it takes, Lord, save Bridget. Whatever it takes, it doesn't matter. Save them too. Send them to us. And here we are. Never give up on them, God. You know, my wife saved. Um, I'm saved. And, uh, uh, um, and one filled the gap. Some of you filled the gap. Y'all probably had the gap so filled that there was no room for nothing else. And I'm so appreciative of that. If we can, I'm closing. You can Somebody please get us a song. Um, when Bridget was testifying the other day, um, just last Sunday, does everybody in here, most people remember, um, she was testifying and she was just pouring her heart out and how God had saved her miraculously. And not, not everybody in here knows her testimony but um, mine was bad, you know, bad enough. Hers was bad, but no, um, nothing compared to some. You know, not even mine, nothing, nothing compared to some. His <laughs> brother's is pretty, pretty good too. Um, but Bridget was praying, and, and she's just sitting there thanking God for all that God delivered her from. And, and I'm not going to um, re-say what these things were, but if you remember, you know all these different things. You know, He delivered me from this. He delivered me from that. He delivered me from this. He delivered me from that. And all the time, I'm sitting right over there and I'm thinking, the Lord saved her from sin, from death, from hell, and from me. Yeah. The whole time I'm standing right there as she's saying this, I felt like running around because it was so amazing, but the whole time I'm thinking... He's, God saved her from me. Like I was the monster who was doing that kind of stuff. That was me putting her through that type of stuff. Um, he saved her from me. Some of those things I did, some of the things that I introduced her to, some of the things that I did without her even knowing that I was doing them, right? And all those different types of things. There's terrible things that I've did. Praise God, right? He used them in such a way to draw her close and to save her, right? Nothing that I did because I was, I was a monster at that time. But the, some of the things that I was doing, He was using to her draw and to save and uh, if we all could, let's please stand. Um, without even knowing, without even knowing, you can play softer. I like when you do that. Without even knowing, uh, <laughs> without even knowing, 
the, uh, the intercession prayer without even knowing what she's doing. Without having read the Bible before, I don't believe she's ever read it. She just got saved. She's probably, she got saved in December sometime, and I got saved at the end of January. So without even knowing, she is, she's, uh, she's in that closet, right? Down in, on her knees in that closet, and she's interceding for her husband. She's in there, and she's praying. Um, save him, Lord. God, save Todd, Lord Jesus, please. Save my husband, save my kids. She's just in there interceding, and I'm out doing only Lord knows what. Um, save him, Lord. God, help me, Jesus, to, to live a life that he sees. And that's exactly what happened. I saw her living a different life. I saw her change, and, I, and by her praying in that closet, um, uh, just interceding for me. You know, imagine in my garage. James has been in my garage many times. He can, he can tell you all about it. It was, it was a pretty wicked place. I had stuff from top to bottom, drugs, uh, pictures of Satan, just dirty, nasty stuff everywhere. I had skull figurines plastered everywhere. It was li- I was literally, you know, the Bible says that when you um, use such types of drugs, mind-altering drugs, you're into witchcraft. I was literally doing witchcraft in there, serving Satan, worshiping him. That's what I was doing, right? That's what I was doing in there. And Bridget was in the closet praying, interceding on my behalf, and I was out there doing those things. So I can imagine... Me out there in my garage, I have my coffee table, I'm sitting on that hot, dirty, stinky couch where I've been sleeping at, I'm doing drugs, and Bridget's just in there on her knees, interceding on her husband's behalf. And I can just feel, right? I, I, at the time, I could feel it then, but now I could just feel like I had on this side, like all the Satan just grabbing me, tugging me this way, and all the demons from hell behind him snatching me this way. Imagine just Satan and a thousand demons following me that way, and then little tiny Bridget in that closet. God, save my husband. Save my husband, Jesus. God, help Todd. Save him, God. Help him, Jesus. The demons pulling one way, and just a little tiny Bridget in that closet. Praying for her husband. God, at that time, God just drew me close to him, right? I felt this feeling of love, of great compassion, like something wanted me. And it was just an amazing, supernatural feeling that you cannot describe, that you can only feel and help somebody to describe it. And as I began to pray, right, the demons, right, one by one, they just started going off of me. One by one, they just started leaving. Bridget's in there praying intercessory prayers. God, save my husband. Save my husband, Lord. And the demons were just coming off of me. The chains were breaking and coming off of me. The anxiety was going away. The depression's going away. The meth addiction's gone. I don't smoke cigarettes no more. I don't do drugs no more. I didn't cuss since that day in the garage. And it's all, uh, it's all because of the Lord Jesus Christ and what He's done and believing in Him. But could I sit here and say that would I be saved without an intercessory prayer from Teresa, from Brother Jeff from 15, 20 years ago and from my wife being in that closet? I don't know, but I'm going to say no. I probably wouldn't have been if it wouldn't have been for those intercessory prayers. So let's pray together real quick before we come to this altar. Lord Jesus, we love You, God, and we thank You, Lord, for all You've done for us, Lord Jesus. We thank You for Your love and Your grace and Your mercy. God, we thank You for that great sacrifice. God, we thank You for the blood. We thank You for that blood, God, that gives us the power to be intercessories for You, God, to fill in that gap for our lost loved ones, Lord. God, we thank You for salvation. We thank You for the miracles in our lives. We thank You for all the answered prayers, God, no matter how small they may seem, Lord. They are all big in my eyes, God. We love You and we thank You for these things. If everyone would, please just keep your, your heads down for a minute. And I want you to thank... I want you to think about, just think about my life, right? Strung out on drugs, nothing good, addicted to all these different types of things, looking at all this mess I shouldn't have been looking at, doing awful things that I shouldn't have been doing, and little Bridget in that closet, praying on her knees, save my husband, God, save Todd, save my husband. And I want you to think about your family, 
I want you to think when's the last time you sat in prayer and you prayed earnestly. You cried out to the Lord, you know, save my brother, save my children, save my parents. They aren't living right, God. They don't know who you are. Don't let them go to hell, Lord Jesus. God, I ask you to save them, Jesus. Be with them, God. Help them to feel that presence. Draw them so close unto you, God, that they have no choice and no decision but just to pray and accept you, God, in their lives. Whatever it takes, right? It's a scary prayer. Whatever it takes. You ever prayed that for somebody? You don't know what it is, but you have to be willing to pray that for your loved ones. You have to be willing to pray that for your daughter. You have to be willing to pray that for your kids. Right? Whatever it takes, no matter what it is, it'll be worth it in the end if they get saved. Right? Paralyzed from neck down. It'll be worth it if they get saved. Right? Whatever they have to lose, whatever the cost is, it'll be worth it if they get saved in the end. But we are the ones who must fill in that gap. We have to intercede on their behalves. And it has to be so sincere where you cry out to them. Just imagine my little wife in that closet praying, God, save my husband. Save my husband. And I want to ask, first of all, first, you have to be right with God in order for it to work. God's not going to do this unless you're completely sold out to God. you got nothing else in your life standing between you and God. Right? The gap. There's a gap. There's a gap. There's a gap. Sin creates that gap. There's nothing can be in that gap. So you have to make it right with God. But uh, before you intercede for people and before you get all these great, nice prayers answered, right? And, and first and foremost of all, we don't know when we're going to leave here. We don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or the next day. You're, 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 you're betting against time and, and you're going to lose. So before you can intercede for anybody, you have to be right with the Lord. So first I want to make that call. If there's anybody who's got an unconfessed sin, an unforgiven sin, anybody who's got pride or anything that's stopping us from, from reaching the throne of God, we need to get that covered first. And I would like for those people to come if you want to, if you will. Um, you don't have to right now. I will make a general altar call, but I will tell you if you step out in faith, it just seems to be so much better. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The Holy Ghost is here. The conviction is here. Everything is here. Everything is right for that moment. And, and, and my, next, my next call, I want to ask, if there's anybody with a family member, right? And, and I know sometimes we have an altar call and we don't really want to move. We don't, our feet are concreted in, right? I've been there. I felt it. But if you have a family member here today and they are not saved and they are on their way to torment and they are on their way to hell and you need to intercede to them, I would like to ask you to step forward. If you have a family member here today who you would like to see saved, who you would like to see God move in their lives, just step forward. Come to the altar. I believe, I really believe, if we'll say those prayers, if we'll intercede on their behalf, if we'll call out their names unto the Lord and ask the Lord to deal with their hearts and lives, you may not see a difference right away. I came into this church 18 years ago and people just kept praying and praying and praying and finally Bridget got saved. Now Bridget's praying and praying and then I got saved and now I'm here preaching. You know, what could God do for your family members? God could bring your family members back to church if they're not here. God can do anything. Don't let Satan tell you, well, God can't save mine. God can't do this. He's too far gone. You know, he's in double marriage. Don't let God tell you these things. God can do anything and he can save anyone and everybody. So I would like to just ask that we gather around these altars and you don't have to be loud. You know, I, I like loud. Uh, I, I like Teresa's way of doing things. But it, you will call out their names and you will plead their case, right? Yeah. Jesus Christ is an intercessor and He's pleading their case to the Father. But you have to be in it. You have to fill in that gap for your babies. You have to fill in that gap for your parents. It's, it's up to you, right? I believe 
that if Bridget wouldn't have been there praying, I would not be saved. It may not be true, but that's just what I believe. So think about the changes you can make in your family's life. Think about the changes you can make in the community's life. Think about the changes you can make in this church's life. Think about, I believe, the three, 400 people that we could have in this church just by a group of just men and women of God interceding for our loved ones. So let's listen to the great music she's going to play. Let the Lord minister to your hearts. And please just cry out and pray and plead for your loved ones. Thank you.